Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Before we dive into talk about the shoulder, I want to just mention that the full body low impact plan, the challenge that we have going on for 30 days this month, it just starts today, which is perfect because it's a Monday, perfect day to start a new plan. But this is our full body low impact plan, which is going to take you through 20 mobility videos, 20 different mobility videos over the next 30 days, six functional strength videos two foundational core and pelvic floor that are going to repeat throughout the month because it's really getting back to that foundation of understanding how the pelvic floor and the diaphragm work within the body, and then seven different muscle activations or corrective exercises. So every week you're going to be presented with so much that you can do to maintain this consistency, really open up your body and feel something different. That's ultimately what I always want to do and really teach and help you. So It's not just about a follow along PDF or just here are the exercises, do it, but it's really about me educating you through the entire workout, through the entire videos to explain what is happening, why this matters, why you want to pay attention to it and how you can modify or progress within your own individual body. You are an individual and you get to feel that way throughout this program. And so I'm so excited for those who decided to join us. It's not too late. This is the last week that you can get in. The link is down below, but it's just gen.health slash low impact. And it's an easy $24.99. It's the cheapest we've ever done a challenge before. Now, yes, this is a subscription. You can cancel at any time. So if you decide, you know, after this month that you are complete, that is fine. If you decide to join us and start a different plan, that is also absolutely amazing. Each week, I'm going to go on a private live just for this community. So just for those who are committed to joining and understanding more about their body each week, I'm going to have a different discussion and education, whether it's about the low back and the hips, the knees, the feet and the ankles, or the neck and the shoulder. So we're going to touch on each different body part, break it down, and hopefully help to bring you some understanding within your body on a deeper level than you've ever imagined. So I'm incredibly excited. There's prizes offered, even prizes just for those who sign up. So please, please, if you haven't yet, check out the link, gen.health slash low impact. All right, we've gotten some questions about shoulder labrum. This is a pretty popular one. And honestly, as we go into it and we talk about it a little bit more, maybe something that is more common than you think and more natural. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a natural degeneration that like we're noticing with a lot of these orthopedic issues. There's a lot of people out there that are probably living with some sort of deficiency in their labrum. They might just not know. They might be not having symptoms yet. Mm-hmm. And so... Some people are shocked when they find out, oh, I've got a tear in my labrum and now I'm having all this pain. What do I do? It might be something you lived with for a significant amount of time before actually having symptoms. Right, exactly. So we're going to explain exactly what the shoulder labrum is, help break it down like in your mindset to kind of wrap around what the heck is this thing? What do symptoms usually feel like? How do you Mm -hmm. kind of test for it? And then we'll take you through some of the treatments and stuff and I think talk about our own journeys a little bit. And we just did one on hip labrum yeah. not too long ago. Yeah. And so a similar kind of structure. It's it's essentially if you imagine a suction cup, like a ball and socket, it is the suction cup rim 
that goes around what we call the glenoid, which is the socket on our shoulder blade that the humeral head or our long arm bone goes into. And the labrum is just kind of this tissue or this cartilage type rim that goes around the end of that glenoid and helps the... The ball stay in the socket. <laughs> helps, helps the ball stay in the socket, yes. And it creates a little bit of suction and it creates a, a much better fit so that the you get good roll and glide and all that stuff. Yeah. And it just kind of helps to anchor some of those structures. So our, if you think about it, particularly in our shoulder, I mean, at least in our hip, we stand on our on our legs, right? Yeah. And so we have that natural kind of stability from the, the lower part to hold it in. But for the shoulder, because our arms just dangle, you know, we don't have anything underneath to kind of help hold it in. So all these ligaments that kind of attach around this area help to come into this labrum area and and hold that ball and socket a little bit more secure. And I think that's a great point that you bring up about how the hip is a lot different where we almost have constant pressure mm -hmm. on the labrum of our hip and just on the hip joint in general, where in our arms, this injury comes a lot more from the traction or injuries that will cause us to put a lot more tension or pulling on our arms. So mm -hmm. the, the labrum in the shoulder faces a lot different challenges than the, the labrum in the hip does. Yeah. And it's all based on movement. Yeah. You know, what are we doing through movement? And so a lot of times what this starts to feel like, you know, is, I mean, one shoulder pain, you might get shoulder pain in general, usually more at like the front area, front top type area. Yeah. Um, you might feel a lot of shoulder instability. So you might feel like you move your arm in different ways and it feels like it's almost going to come out of its socket kind yeah. of thing. Um, and another thing that people usually complain about, because again, remember, it's that tissue right at the rim of the socket. You might get that catching, locking sensation when you're moving it through different areas. Yeah. And this can be caused. There's like a couple different mechanisms of how it can be caused. It's one, a traumatic injury. Mm -hmm. And you'll often see it coinciding with other injuries. Like if mm -hmm. you dislocate your shoulder, you might also disrupt your labrum yeah because it's just a traumatic injury and anytime we're going to wrench that ball kind of out of the socket in a dislocation you might affect that labrum a little bit same with biceps like if, if you see a biceps injury a lot of the times there might be concurrently uh, a labral issue because the long head of our biceps and we're going to talk about this a little bit more mm -hmm. attaches right at the top of that labrum mm -hmm. yeah and there's two types of tears that we really typically see with these kinds of injuries and one being a slap tear. So a lot of people, this is probably the most common. Do you know what slap stands for? Superior labrum to anterior to posterior. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Superior labrum, anterior to posterior, I feel. That's right, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Anyways, all that means is the top portion. So superior is the top yep. labrum. We're talking about the rim there, right? And then anterior to posterior. So that means the front of that area to the back of that area. And there's different degrees to which this injury happens. And they call it anywhere from type one to type four. But a lot of times this is, like Dom said, particularly this type of tear is it goes hand in hand with that long head of the biceps. So with our biceps, which most people know, right? That's at the top, the front of that arm. We kind of make that Popeye kind of bicep there, <laughs> right? And we have different tendons. So there's a short head that doesn't quite go as long. And then there's a long head of the tendon that goes in and crosses over that shoulder joint there. And so when 
we get into that slap tear, a lot of times we're getting into that pulling of that long head as well. And these slap lesions you'll often see when you have high velocity or Mm -hmm. quick movements overhead. So we see this often in athletes, um, baseball, tennis, anyone who's doing a lot of throwing or overhead motions. And again, because when you when you go through that, you're putting a ton of tension through that biceps, which is going to pull really hard where it anchors in right at the top of that glenoid fossa Mm -hmm. or right at the top area of where that glenoid labrum is. Right, exactly. It could also happen traumatically. So if you are falling with like an outstretched arm and you kind of get that, again, that stretching, that tension that happens right at that top front portion of the tissue there. And, you know, again, it goes anywhere from being just like kind of partially torn and a little bit of degeneration happening around those tissues all the way to that full kind of tear happening in that labrum and in that long head of the bicep. Yeah, where a type one, Jen mentioned there's type, there's four types. A type one is just like slight degeneration. You might be starting to see some pulling away of that labrum at the top uh, where the biceps attaches all the way to that four where Mm -hmm. both the superior or the long head of the biceps and the labrum are more or less fully detached. And that's where you're going to start seeing a lot more of that locking, clicking, grinding sound, more significant instability. Right. And then after that tear, let's talk about bank art tears a little bit. And those are more common in the younger population, especially with shoulder dislocations. Yep. Yeah. So when you dislocate your shoulder, generally that ball as as part of the ball and socket, it'll dislocate anterior or out the front. And when we get that, that's where the bank art lesion is kind of more on the front side mm-hmm. of that shoulder joint or the socket. So the you're going to dislocate out front and then that trauma is just going to kind of disrupt the labrum a little more on the anterior or the front side rather than the superior where we see it with the slap lesions. Right. And so do you need to know exactly what this is unless you're getting told, <laughs> you know, exactly what kind of lesion yeah. you have based on an image? You won't know. That was basically a bunch bunch of technical mumbo jumbo saying like the shoulder is becoming a little less stable and we're seeing some degeneration in that labrum. Yes, exactly. So you probably want us to get to the good part, right? What do you do? What do you, what, what what kind of treatment is, is there hope for you, right? Because maybe you've been diagnosed with this in the past. Now there are tests that we can do. Obviously, if it gets to a certain point, you want to do an image. You want to see type one to type four, right? Yeah, how, what are bad, we looking at? how bad is this thing? Do we need surgery? Surgery, we're not against surgery. If you need surgery, you definitely need to help yeah. stabilize that those tissues down. However, there's different degrees and you can go into a physical therapist and there's variety of tests that we can perform as physical therapists to kind of see what is happening in that shoulder and start to make an, a very good educated guess that this could be a you know, a slap or a bank art or at least something happening with the labrum. Yeah. One of the, one of some of the most popular mm-hmm. ones called the relocation test where a PT would bring you up into abduction. So they'd bring your arm out and then they would externally rotate your arm. And that's going to cause you to feel some of that instability, especially on the front side of the shoulder. And then what the PT might do is put some pressure on the front of the shoulder to like give you an artificial stability. And then if the symptoms go away, then we might be thinking something labrum related. Another one that's really quick is just, and you can even do this yourself, is load the bicep. So kind of push down on your hand to load that biceps tendon. And if you start getting pain or symptoms up in the top part of that shoulder again, we might think, okay, superior 
labrum or something biceps related. Yeah, but that could also be biceps related, right? So this is going to be more specific for a physical therapist to take you through. And all we're looking for are that positive symptoms of that same kind of pain that you are complaining of. We put you in a position that elicits it. And then we say, okay, based on what we're finding, we're probably leaning more toward labrum or bicep or wherever we might be along the spectrum. And that's where it's important to go see a physical therapist and maybe seeing a physical therapist first which isn't usually the norm, I, yeah. I would say, is, is can be so beneficial because that's your first step in saying, okay, what is the degree here? And a physical therapist is trained to refer you out to get more imaging or more testing if they think it's necessary. Yeah. And gen- so if we do kind of look at the research and see how we compare, you know, which one, which of these lesions or which of these labral issues might do better with conservative, it's those superior ones. So the ones that might mm-hmm. be a little more related to the biceps versus the ones that are kind of anterior or if you do have issues with the bottom of the labrum, yeah. those ones, and that kind of makes sense to me because if if you have issues in the front or the bottom, that tends to be where you dislocate more often. Yeah. So it's going to cause just, I think, a little higher degree of the instability feeling where you might feel like your shoulder just constantly wants to dislocate. And those are the ones that the research said generally respond better with surgery or might require surgery a little more often. Yeah. And I think it's cool that the research is also leaning toward, you know what? A lot of these slap type labrum issues are based on functional movement patterns that we do through life. We're putting Mm -hmm. our arm overhead. We're doing different things. And over time, we could start to see degeneration happening at that top end of the labrum. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. And it's something that we can start to work with and we can start to hopefully help to prevent based on the movements and exercises we're going to talk about, you know, but just starting to get an idea of like, you know, as we age, we've talked about this before, changes start to happen on the outside and we always see them and, and we call it normal. Wrinkles happen. It's normal. But we usually don't say that same thing about the inside of the yeah. body. And these degenerative changes they're normal as well and it's going to happen. So what are we doing for our body on the inside to help maintain the best we can as we start to age? Because it's just, it's going to happen. My mom has shoulder issues. She's complaining about it all the time, but guess what? We're working on it. Yeah. And and just because the image looks like there's some degeneration or damage, that doesn't mean that the symptoms have to be normal or that doesn't have to be your norm. There's always things that we can do that are under our own control that might help improve that feeling of stability. Um, And again, with the overhead movements, I think a lot of it comes from movement patterns that might just not be quite the most optimal for us. Or or we're we're working overhead in a way that is not as supported by some of our scapular stabilizers and some of like our rotator cuff can become super important because Mm -hmm. the rotator cuff is this beautiful muscle that was built, these four smaller muscles, but it really helps to center and stabilize that ball in the socket. Exactly. Now, have you had any shoulder labrum issues? I mean, you were an athlete that would fall into this category. Yeah. I, would say, I mean, I've throwing. never had a diagnosed labral issue, but kind of thinking with the mindset of these natural degenerations, or if you have shoulder trauma, like I've subluxed both of my shoulders, which means that they're partially, they partially dislocated. I've also torn a rotator cuff in my right shoulder. So I wouldn't be surprised if I was to get an image and it would show like, oh yeah, you have some degeneration in your labrum. I've never really had symptoms though mm. that I would consider our labral related symptoms. So mm-hmm. 
again, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, find ways to keep my shoulders as supported as I can. And Mm -hmm. maybe later in life, I'll get an image and they'll be like, hey, you have a pretty crappy labrum. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But you're doing the things and I see you doing a lot of stabilization type exercises and stuff. And I know that I know that helps your neck and your upper back (laughs) and everything, but I think it's so healthy for your shoulders. And that's what we're going to talk about. Some of these exercises that you can do, especially in the beginning, you know, when we're talking about having pain and external rotation, well, we're going to have to restore that external rotation movement. And a lot of times you might see in physical therapy offices, like having that stick or a PVC pipe and kind of like push and open into external rotation as tolerated. Obviously, we don't want to push into a range that we don't feel good about. But you can also even start like with a towel kind of between your arm and your and your body and holding. And then maybe you're putting your your hand behind a doorway and you're just kind of slowly starting to open up and and put that range of motion and that stretching mobility onto your joint as tolerated. Yeah, and that's one of the first places we start is can we restore some of that passive range with minimizing symptoms? And and a great way to kind of focus on minimizing symptoms is as you're doing the passive range, focus on what your shoulder blades are doing. Mm-hmm. Are you let as you go into a certain range is your shoulder blade wanting to compensate because it's trying to guard? If so, kind of keep those shoulder blades nice and pinched down and back without, you know, flaring your rib cage forward, but go into that range of motion and see, can I keep my shoulder blade stabilized? And then once we get passive range of motion, then we move into some active range of motion. Mm -hmm. So if it's just like Jen said, pinching something underneath your armpit or acting acting like you're pinching something under your armpit, and then just going out into like a bilateral external rotation, seeing how far you can get. Jen gets about two or three times as far as I do, but... And I'm like straining to get there. <laughs> That's on YouTube. You got to watch that. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so once we restore kind of that active range of motion as tolerated and not just right with our elbows right at our side, but can we do it out in different ranges of motion uh, with our arms starting to come away from our body more in that abduction kind of positioning? Yeah, kind of that test that they do. They bring yeah. your arm in. It's almost like making the goalpost. So if you can get against the wall and start doing the active external rotation up against the wall. Or even laying down allowing gravity to kind of help at Laying first. down. Laying down and having your back against the floor or leaning against a wall, it can really give you that sense of stability mm-hmm. because there's something supporting you, the floor or the wall behind your back. Right. And then we do want to start to add some load, add some tension. So you can grab one of the therapy loops or one of the bands in the optimal body therapy kit. <laughs> we'll have that linked down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but kind of holding on And you want your thumbs kind of pointing outward because that puts you in more of that external rotation position, but it also starts to uh, activate that rotator cuff kind of naturally because rather than having your hands kind of palms down and then trying to pull out, usually we get into like more of a rounded shoulder position. But if I turn my palms naturally up, it kind of opens up my shoulders and engages that rotator cuff in the back of my, my shoulder blades to make them already kind of start to work. And then we can work on just holding. So a lot of times just isometric holds is a great place to start. So isometric means that we're not going to do reps. We're just going to go to what I can tolerate and I'm going to hold that position. Or maybe I'm just going to do a single arm, you know, those exercises where you have a band in a doorway or on something and you just pull it out and hold. You can walk away from it. You can kind of lift your arm in different positions. But again, just getting that arm to kind of hold against resistance is a great place to start. 
Yeah, and being that our biceps is, you know, tends to be involved, especially if you're looking more at a slap type lesion, how do we start to reload the biceps so that the muscle itself can take higher amounts of tension, higher yeah. amounts of strain without feeling like it's tugging at that labrum. So doing a biceps isometric hold with a dumbbell or just pushing on your biceps, focusing on doing the eccentric, so bringing a dumbbell up to the top and slowly lowering it down all the way until you get straight, that's something that's gonna allow that biceps to develop the ability to handle a lot more tension and then going into more of the concentric motions doing that kind of concurrently while you're training our rotator cuff and our external mm -hmm. rotation would be great. Yeah. And when we are getting initial pain kind of in those like slap lesions and stuff, we've actually done an episode on why you don't want to just immediately go to ice and rest and compress, yeah. right? Rice has kind of been taken out and we've replaced it with something called peace and love. And we'll have that episode linked down below, but we definitely think you should you should take a, a listen. It's more about getting more more movement in in a safe and healthy way without, you know, and, and reducing or working with the inflammation that our body yeah. naturally develops. We essentially don't want to, because we want to protect the shoulder. That's what the P stands for. We, we want to protect it from having more inflammation or from having chronic inflammation, mm -hmm. but we also want to work with that inflammation because essentially that's healing. That's the body sending everything to the area that it needs to heal. So how can we do it in a way that's going to continue to work fluids through that area, but also do the movements that we know that shoulder needs. So as that shoulder heals, it's going to lay down the right fibers. It's going to lay down the right groundwork so that we don't fall back into the same patterns before if we right. just go straight to rest. Right. Exactly. And then when we're talking about like bank heart lesions and stuff, they're really just, you want to focus on strength and mobility and getting, getting that arm nice and strong because it does involve so much of that instability. Yeah. And stabilizing exercises, especially mm -hmm. once you get into the higher level stuff, doing stabilizing exercises above head and in some of those extreme ranges mm -hmm. is super important because we need to return to um, doing things. So if you're kind of going on the far end of the progression of those external rotation exercises. If you have a band anchored and you kind of have your arm up in that goalpost range where it's kind of at, at an L or you're making a little L with your arm and kind of shaking it back and forth, walking side to side, that's going to help you really start to develop that stability. So your shoulder, your arm feels strong and safe when you go back to working above head or as an athlete, when you go back to throw a ball again. Mm -hmm, exactly. And so hopefully that just helped to give you an idea of when surgery might be indicated, when you can, what you could do to start kind of improving that mobility, improving that strength and, and working with your body as we naturally age. Thanks for joining us for another PT Pearl, some great info on the shoulder and the labrum. And if you're looking for a way to start, just to start supporting that body better, supporting that shoulder better, come join us in the Full Body Low Impact Challenge. It's the whole month of August and we just started today. We already have a ton of people in moving through the whole month of August for us. It's only $25 to get in for the month. Our challenges have traditionally been more expensive than that, so now's the time to get in so you can move with us. There's prizes, there's a whole community. We have lives every week. So you continue to come on and ask your own questions, get in. There's a link down in the show notes for that. And of course, we will see you next time on the Optimal Body Podcast.